Stolz sein, Antonio. Welcome to Calvary Student Connection. I'm Kaysen Kelly. I'm here today with my dear friend, Madison Banks. Hey guys, welcome back. you joined us again this week for the second part of our discussion on dependency. Last week we talked a little bit about Jacob. We talked about David a little bit mm-hmm. and um, how they both depended on the Lord. And we also gave personal examples of how we depended on the Lord within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. This week we are going to talk a little bit about Paul's physical infirmity that led him to lean on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in the same way as Jacob, this was a very real physical illness that mm-hmm. Paul had. And he talks about it a little bit in 2 Corinthians 12, specifically verses 7 through 10. So I'm going to read through those real quick, starting in verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So apparently Paul had some type of infirmity that kept him humble. Mm -hmm. He says that this infirmity was put in place or allowed to be put in place lest he be exalted above measure by the abundance of his revelations. So we know that Paul was given many revelations uh, in his writings of the letters to all these churches. But here specifically, I think he's talking about one in particular. And we can just move up in his letter into the beginning of chapter 12 Mm -hmm. to see that revelation. And I'm not going to read all of that, but you can if you'd like to. And it basically talks about him being caught up into the third heaven And he does say whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. But he also says that the things that he saw in the third heaven were not to be spoken of because they were too great and human language cannot do it justice. So this revelation was so special to Paul that God had to give him a thorn in the flesh Mm -hmm. to keep him humbled. And... (laughs) A lot of times I think that we even today are wanting constantly to have a special revelation. Where is my special revelation? Yeah. Well, it doesn't really work like that. And if it did work like that, 
then you may need a thorn in the flesh to <laughs> settle you down from that. And personally, I'd, I'd rather not have that revelation <laughs> because I don't want to have to deal with what Paul dealt with. Right. Um, but obviously he was very blessed to receive this revelation. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he didn't take that for, for granted. But um, we see... In verse 7, he talks about that revelation as being one of the causes that he was allowed to receive this thorn in his flesh. And I do say he was allowed to receive this thorn in his flesh, not that God caused or directly put this thorn in his flesh. And when we're talking about a thorn in the flesh, it's not literal necessarily. It's speaking to this infirmity. And I personally think that this infirmity had to do something with Paul's eyes. And that mainly comes from Galatians 4.15. It says, What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. And this is basically just saying that the Galatians, the church in Galatia, Mm -hmm. was willing to put their skin on the line for Paul. And some people don't think that this is necessarily indicative of the Galatians actually wanting to give Paul their eyes, in that these people would think that the infirmity was not directly of his eyes, but maybe just something else. And Uh, Paul uses the example of plucking out an eye as just an important part of the body that they were willing to give up for Paul's benefit. But I I do tend to think that it was his eyes, and it doesn't really matter, but I think it's interesting to look into these little questions. And it is interesting to me, and I, I really don't know the significance of it, but... I did notice that when Saul was converted on the road to Damascus, uh, we remember that Saul was Paul's name before he was converted. Mm-hmm. When he was converted, a light shone around him from heaven that caused him to be blind for three days. And you can find this story over in Acts 9. When Ananias laid his hands on Saul that God might heal him, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. So there, Saul, who was also called Paul, was humbled by the blindness that God sent him. And that led to his conversion. And I think that it's fitting that God would allow this infirmity involving Paul's eyes to affect him later in his life. Um, I just think that that is almost too much of a coincidence to actually be a coincidence. I think that this this conversion experience affecting his eyes has something to do with his walk now as he's planting these churches and visiting them um, and actually having his eyes affected to humble him. So that's just my take on it. You're welcome to think whatever you would like to think about Paul's eyes or lack thereof. Yeah, and actually, if you back up a little bit to verse 9, I wanted to just bring up where it says, um, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. And whenever you were reading that, it made me think of um, when we are going through trials um, and what that looks like. Um, and while they're painful in those moments, we know that when we're weak in that time, and we're depending on the Lord so so desperately, needing Him. Um, we're made strong, and it's almost like, Lord, keep me in this season, in this time, as long as I need to be in here until I am, you know, however they say, whenever you're being perfected, mm-hmm. more like Christ. Keep me in this season until I have learned what you need me to learn. I don't want to just go through it. A lot of people are talking about like 2020. Let's just get through 2020. But there's so much to learn this season. And so don't just coast through it, get through it. We want to learn as much as we possibly can in this season, um, which is making us more like Christ to get to the the new year or past this season. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much to learn in those moments. So it's almost like keep me in this hard season as long as possible so I can learn exactly what you need me to know before we move on to the next. That even goes back to the story of Jacob that we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, He was stubborn. He would not let God leave him. He wanted to continue that wrestling match, Mm -hmm. basically. He wanted to stay in that sanctifying moment. And even though it wasn't comfortable, he knew that he would get something out of that. Yes. So in the same way, I I would agree with you that we shouldn't be looking past our afflictions, Mm -hmm. but rather be trying to see what God has for us in these times. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to realize the work that's within from point A to point B because when you start, you're in this place, this season, and you go through this really hard time that's growing you, and then you look on the other side, well, I know I'm going to get past it. There's going to be such a big blessing afterwards, or I'm going to be you know, more purified, more sanctified after we get through this. But there's a lot that goes in the in-between where we have to stay in there, and we learn the most from that in that time frame right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We see God replied to Paul's request mm-hmm. to be healed with that right there. And boy, <laughs> that kind of hits home yep. because we always think of all these things that we need, right? And among those may be physical health yep. for you. And you know, really the only thing that we need is the grace, the grace of the father Mm -hmm. delivered through the son. And it's his strength that is made perfect in my weakness. Mm -hmm. So whenever I am, I'm weak and I can't help myself. That's the perfect time for him to show up and he will show up in our lives. And we're, to be expecting that. Yeah, absolutely expect it. And it seems that Paul has gotten to that point. Um, He says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that Mm -hmm. the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I have to say, I'm not there. (laughs) I am not Paul. So talking, going back to, we talked about peace in the last episode, um, peace and the decisions and the different situations we're in and that that peace comes from the Lord. And when it talks about, um, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs 
just knowing that the Lord knows our needs. He already knows all those things. And so resting assured that he knows those needs, he's going to take care of those needs. Um, and they may not always be what we think they are, but he knows exactly what we're needing in those moments. And so that's what also makes us strong because he knows more than we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that same topic of rest, I want to look at Philippians 4 verses 10 through 13. And this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at your last, at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul is actually talking about exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. He says it a lot better than I could, but (laughs) he's talking about the same thing. He's saying that he has learned and notice that it it wasn't that way when he started. Right. He had to learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. He learned that in whatever state he's in to be content to have rest so even in the uncertainty as we're talking about Mm -hmm. and being abased and abounding as he's talking about um, he is content and that is a discipline that we have to apply to ourselves. Yeah, and just when 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 Paul is talking about the different circumstances that he's in, it's important to look at that too because as we go through life, we're going to hit different seasons, be in different circumstances, um, whether it's just in a new city or a new job or a new school or um, maybe, yeah, anything within. I mean, it could be anything that you're going through. Your circumstances are always going to be different. But to remember that the Lord is never changing. He's always the same. Mm-hmm. And so like Kaysen was saying, it's a learned behavior to to trust in the Lord and to depend on him in every single circumstance that you come into. Yeah. And I want to call some special attention to verse 13, Philippians 4.13. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? <laughs> Very popular verse. Very popular verse. <laughs> and almost all of the times I see it, it is taken very much out of context. And so it reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul is applying this statement to what he was just talking about, learning how to be both full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. So he's actually talking about all things as the things which he was just talking about, which is learning to be content. So we can learn to be content in all things through Christ who strengthens us. Right. And so I just, I see that all over the place and, um, it's not always in yeah in context. But it's important to break it down like that and read it like that because mm-hmm. maybe no one has ever explained it in that way, but that's that ties back into exactly what we were just reading um in 2 Corinthians that explains exactly he strengthens he strengthens us in our weakness. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, God tells him that his grace is sufficient and then in Philippians Paul is saying that he basically knows how to rest in that Mm-hmm. So he is resting in God's grace. That is a beautiful picture. Yes. Yep. 
All right. So as long as we're on this topic of rest and contentment, has there been a time in your life when you have had to discipline yourself into being content in a certain situation? Yeah. So for me, that's actually very current right now. Um, I have a health issue (laughs) that I'm walking through right now and I'm having to work with doctors and stuff like that on um, them trying to just figure out what it is. And it could be absolutely nothing or it could be something. Um, But there is the fear of the unknown that naturally comes in the unknown, right? So what the Lord is showing me right now and through that discipline, through prayer and reading his word and um, even just reading the words of Paul, knowing that the Lord is going to take care of me through my weakness, I'm made strong. Um, He doesn't give me a spirit of fear. Um, But and so reading all of those things and really being intimate with the Lord is giving me a piece of the situation. Um, And one of the things that I have been reading through um, in James, James 1 says, um, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him, which I really like that, um, which kind of goes back to even our last episode of whenever things, trials or different seasons, uh, moments of fear of unknown, what we're supposed to do in those seasons and the why, like, why is that happening? I think this James really explains the why, um, it's producing steadfastness in our faith. Um, and so getting to trust the Lord in this season of unknown and still even finding joy in this season, because I know that, um, the Lord is giving me so much attention and he's growing me deeper than I've ever grown before. Um, and so that's kind of my current state. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's encouraging. And I am kind of at a moment of uncertainty myself. It is a little bit different, uh, but it's something that I have dealt with before. Mm -hmm. So I actually have learned because it was not this way to begin with to be content with this position. And basically the position is the uncertainty of what I do when I graduate. That seems to be a common theme in my life. (laughs) But just like uh, when I was graduating undergrad, I had no idea what was next for me. Um, I'm kind of placed back in that same place. Mm -hmm. So now coming up on probably just one semester and maybe the summer until I'm done with my master's, I am again confronted with this uncertainty. And you reference in passing a really good verse for us, and that is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's a great reminder. So good, yes. Because naturally, with the uncertainty mm-hmm. comes a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. But we're told here that that's not from God, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we need to replace that fear with what is of God, which is the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah. And and one of the first questions you asked, I think, in the last podcast was, have you ever been forced into a situation where you're having to be fully dependent on the Lord? And I think even though our situations are both very different, in the same way, 
it's completely out of our control what the unknown we just don't know the answer yet Mm -hmm. and so in that season of really the waiting growing (laughs) the patience and things like that we're truly having to just depend on the lord to give us that peace um because it's there's nothing that we can do right now we just have to wait and we have to trust and know that he has good good plans for us too absolutely and he does and that is comforting to us Mm -hmm. Um, it is difficult to get comfy in our times of uncertainty yes Uh, but like paul learned to be content with whatever he had at a given time we can also learn to be content and i think that is completely within every christian's reach because truly it's not the power in us that does it yeah but it's his power and so as long as you have that power and if you're a christian you do that power the Holy Spirit lives within you and you are now the temple in which he resides. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, take up this discipline of contentment and work like Paul did to become content in whatever state he's in. Mm -hmm. And with the Lord through Christ, that is possible. Without him, it's not possible. We're stuck with that spirit of fear mm-hmm. and we have nothing else to replace it with. Right. But that replacement comes from the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's important to remember when you're seeing other people go through trials and you maybe maybe you're in a similar situation to either case in our eye um, and you're like, wow, how are they trusting like that like it's just it seems easy it's not it takes work constant every single day having to um lay your fear down at the lord's feet and just trust him and going through all these scriptures and knowing and just believing that he's going to take care of you um and then receiving that peace that he gives you it's i think it's definitely a big perspective change you have to do in your mind mm-hmm. um and making sure that you are aware that in those moments the enemy is going to try to steer that steal that peace away from you that joy that you may have even in a hard situation um so being aware of that as well is really important yes and remember our destination is not a location it's right. an image yes so we are constantly being refined by that refiner's fire Mm -hmm. or being sanctified into his image and with that i think we're going to wrap this one up so we are signing off and we will see you all next time bye guys bye